Hey, well, it's good again to talk to all of you, and this is me talking. It's not a stand-in this time around. It's actually, this one's just me. Um, I didn't hire somebody else to be myself. This is actually my voice, but not that you know. I could have gotten an impersonator. There's lots of people impersonating me. Like, there's plenty of, there's plenty. It would have been easy to get one, so, so you should believe that. You should believe that I could get that someone else could be standing in pretending to be me. Don't write that possibility off. Don't trust what you hear. If I start doing a podcast, don't think that it's me doing it. It could be somebody else that you know. It could be one of your relatives instead of me, even if I'm not related to you. My listening audience, I wonder what the demographics are for my listening audience. I wonder what... uh I wish I could run some statistics on it, but actually I have no idea. I know how many listens I get. I know, but there aren't, it doesn't break it down by age or black and white, which whatever. I wanted to include my dog Ziggy on this broadcast, this emergency broadcast, but he doesn't want to talk about anything. Go figure every time. It could be the first podcast where it's a guy and a dog talking, but oh well, I guess forget about making history. I'll just be, th- I'll just be this person. <sighs> forget about making history. Yeah, I played my drums in my apartment the other day and there's this interesting phenomenon that happens like you infringe on somebody else's reality because other people are carrying out their realities and the other boxes that are surrounding my box that I carry out my reality in. And um, so I started playing my drums and then they started uh, pounding on the floor. Like I'm guessing it was from the first floor. And so they started pounding on the floor um, because I was playing my drums. Because when you, when you do play your drums in an apartment, that is the reaction that you get, isn't it? That's the reaction as if, because could you imagine if that person just let it slip by that I was doing that? They have to carry out the normal, I'm a person and I'm upset reality to themselves. Otherwise, what would the world be if they weren't just going about things, making up that they have a life and that that's the exact reaction that you have to do when somebody plays drums above you? Because I can't just start, I can't just do that, right? Because that's not accepted that's not kosher to do i can't just play my drums in an apartment so we have to carry on hey stop it we don't like it like i don't understand that reaction honestly i don't understand it it's not uh i actually don't know what direction i think it was somebody hitting the floor uh but like I was only playing it for 10 minutes. I'm not even somebody who's that uh, inflammatory. Like, I don't go outside of the bounds that much. I don't do that much that's that unacceptable to people usually. Uh, and I was only playing them for 10 minutes. And But what is, like, is the air supposed to be cleared for you for all 24 hours of every day of your life so that nobody is making 
noises in the air that you wanted to be silent for yourself? Is the air around you supposed to be silent when, whenever and wherever you want it to be? Is that, is that how life is supposed to be carried out? I just, uh, the authority, and I know I'm, I know that I'm exaggerating and it sounds silly, but, uh, authority why are we carry why do we have to carry out like with authority around us and impressing itself on us at all times is something that i don't that i don't like but it's just something that you engage in by being in the world you have to engage in in being surrounded by authorities and sometimes that means uh Sometimes that means that you're in an apartment and then you can't make too loud of noises because your reality doesn't get the say, because you don't have the privacy to inflict your reality, to inflict it, to manifest your reality. You don't have the privacy to just have it be you only and be what you say goes like, and that's, that's a sacrifice you make in going into an apartment, but also another sacrifice you make in having an apartment is that you can't control the realities of the people around you that they're carrying out and so if i did decide to be loud all the time and just play my drums like that's more or less something that they would just have to deal with and they could call and complain and people and and enough complaints could make it to me that i slow down the rate at which i play my drums or the noise or i'm just affected by it enough that i'm not carrying out what i want to like uh enough complaints can reach me like if i decided to play my drums a lot like i i won't because i don't have a very high tolerance for complaints i don't believe because it doesn't take that many to tell me to to fuck off honestly but uh but there are some things I need to play the drums for. Like it was a useful thing. I was doing it for one of my podcast episodes. I was recording drums. And and sometimes there's just like I have to get that done and you have to do what you have to do. And sometimes your threshold for wanting is above people's threshold people's ability to complain. And so like I have a I have a standard there's a standard that I put up that people have to reach. Like there's a standard that I hold to for other people's complaints that they need to, I need that amount of feedback in order to get me to stop. So, so it is important then for the other people in trying to enact their wants in the world to communicate to me that they don't want me to carry out my wants. And so it's just this game that goes on. But it's because we're all in an apartment and there's some amount of compromises that we all have to make in order to not be loud around each other. Because, And the amount of compromises that you make on your wants is, is dependent on what your threshold for listening to other people's complaints is, meaning that like the threshold like... And it's that's a confusing word to me. Like threshold is like a, it's just the barrier at which you need people need to complain a certain amount to reach, for it to be f considered feedback for me in order for me to respect the complaining. I, it, a certain amount of feedback on my personal endeavors and actualizations of myself a certain amount of feedback will need to reach me that what i'm doing is not wanted in order for me to whatever what the fuck like i'm just saying i'm just talking about authority 
And like if you receive enough complaints about just your life and what you want to do, you'll start thinking that what you want isn't ultimately accepted if it's communicated to you. Like if you end up interpreting it that your wants are always negative or they're always infringing on people in a negative way, then you won't look at it as though your wants are able to be validated in the world like that you're not that you don't have wants the same way that another person has wants but that's that's I'll get to a point where I can just I'm just bothered by I'm bothered by the authorities that exists around me that would like that you gotta I'm bothered enough that I can't just walk out of a place like never in my life. Do I, can I just walk out, walk into a room full of people or walk outside of my apartment and uh, not just look at people and be like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. Like that, it's hard for me to get to a place where I can do that, where I can just ponder what somebody else is doing or like think that what they're doing is stupid. It's hard for me to get to a place where I get to condescend to other people and say like, oh, like wonder, understand that they're like performing their identity in my reality rather than that I'm always a performer in theirs. It's hard for me to get to a point where I get to condescend, especially if it's like in a room of people that like I, because it's just natural, I'm naturally inclined to based on probably genetics and experiences naturally inclined to uh, not be condescending because that's what I understand to be not a positive thing to do. But like I, I, I cognizantly would say that it is a positive thing to do, like in a not impulsive way, like I impulsively don't condescend. I impulsively make myself to be a performer in other people's realities uh, and part of the part of the part of the proof and the evidence for that is that I just say everything monotone rather than that I because I know how to fluctuate my voice in order to communicate exactly what it is that I want to say and in a sense condescend my opinion. Uh, explain my opinion, dictate my opinion in order in a manner in which I understand it's to be heard, like I deserve to be heard. Uh, and I just wish I could walk out of a building or like walk into a new, like when I say walk into a room or walk out of a building, it's kind of like there's changes in reality when you switch between doorways, like when you switch into a room full of different other people because everybody else is kind of purveying their reality to be one thing in a, in a room full of people it's like competing realities and really the most condescending person in a room full of people is the person with the dominant reality in which everybody else is ultimately just a performer in the most condescending person's reality but it doesn't have to work that way you could have a room full of people that are all arbitrarily condescending and don't and then like m interact with each other in a more equal fashion but i don't know I don't know if that's true because there isn't there always a isn't there always a dominance hierarchy quote unquote but is there always I don't really know is there always like is there always a pecking order
And so, but I don't want to be self-indulgent that I just, but I'm not, I'm not being self-indulgent. I just wish that I could get to a place where like, I, like, uh, I, I just know that my voice carries too, as part of it. Like, because I am in my apartment and I'm worried about the other authorities and I'm worried about, and that's why I did that episode about paranoia because that's literally what I feel is that like, I feel like if I'm just talking at normal volume in my apartment when I'm the only one here is that everybody can hear it. That's what I, that's what I feel is true, but it's just because of a natural inclination I have to position myself as more of a servant, like and understand myself to not deserve to be heard. You know, you understand yourself to not deserve to be heard if you if you communicate yourself in ways that you know are not interesting to people. Like it's not interesting to like it's not interesting to communicate all in a monotone when when like fluctuations are what explain the specifics of your character. Like uh you can like explaining the specifics of your character is more somebody who understands that they deserve to be heard. Uh, but, but I worry about being heard. Ultimately, I worry about what my presence means when I enter into a new reality or walk outside of my apartment where other people are already dictating the reality or, or whatever. Like, uh, or it's like it's like you get in your head like because I'm somebody who's more over ana- analytical about everything it's kind of like a it's kind of like a you sensationalize yourself so as to say that like your presence in walking into a room is like too much for other people or it's going to alter reality too much or like people are going to have to acknowledge you or you being there is something that needs to be acknowledged in order for like or like you just but it's really you sensationalizing yourself by playing into other people's realities and you can avoid that by being somebody who just explains yourself like explains your point and so what do I mean to say by all of this like I'm just trying to say something that is something you haven't heard before like but and it's unfortunate if it just becomes too self-indulgent but at some point it won't be self-indulgent anymore because you'll understand that I'm just a condescending person and I want to be heard the same way other people want to be heard because I think it's well but I mean but that would be self-indulgent but it no it wouldn't be that would be like that would just be condescending. You do. You would rather be condescending than self-indulgent, because if you're self-indulgent, that's just you. Like that's just you repeating yourself for the sake of hearing your own voice. That's just you like to hear the sound of your own voice, and you like to amuse yourself with your ability to talk. <sighs> because am I not that? Do I not just like to amuse myself with my ability to talk? But it's just a. It's just like a black hole. Like the way that I'm talking about things and analyzing myself and analyzing the way that I appear to other people is just this uh, never-ending cycle of like self-checking and saying that what you did was wrong and then rising above it to find new things that you did were, that were wrong. But like you're, is what is what I do is sometimes, all the time, like I analyze myself. Like I can't stop analyzing things like my brain is always going in one direction like really fast just analyzing stuff but 
I have a person at my disposal, which is myself, to endlessly analyze the inner workings of my mind, and it just never stops analyzing it and figuring out what happened and then why it happens that way in relation to other people. And it is like self-indulgent as long as I don't... It's self-indulgent, especially if you don't acknowledge that you're talking to people, but I am talking to people. This is just like an expression of 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 it, but it's like a, it's it's just... It's just something, you know, it's not anything more than I'm just a person is ultimately what I would want to say about it is what I'm saying about it. It's not, it's not like I'm more than a person, even though that's what I end up making it out to be sometimes. Like if I'm worrying about infringing on other people's realities, uh, it's not that I'm more than a, just a person. And I'm, I'm saying that, that it's not, it is just a person. I am just a person and doing that. I'm just a person in like but we do like society just sensationalizes somebody who overanalyzes something like like is there any greater status that we could attribute to somebody than like Robin Williams being a being in a like he's a great comedian like the greatest comedian of all time kind of in the same way the Beatles are the greatest band of all time like you don't like, is he the funniest ever? Maybe, whatever, like, but just for the time period and because he's, like, one of the originators of comedy itself or whatever, like, uh, he's considered the greatest of all time. Like, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, so to speak, but it's like LeBron James is a better basketball player and a better athlete. So he's sort of like the greatest of all time, but they're kind of different things. Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time because he's Michael Jordan. Like, he had a he had a greater percentage of the market share. He had like 100% of the market. He was the NBA is what I'm saying. He of That's the market. That's the zero to 100% of the market is the NBA. Like Michael Jordan was the NBA for a while. So he's sort of, he's the greatest of all time because he was 100% and he's like the first person to have a shoe line, like really success or successful at that, like to really brand yourself and make a ton of money through being an NBA star just individually. Um, and he's just sort of transcended the sport by being the sport in the nineties. You can't be the sport anymore. It's much more diversified. There's more like a star on every single team. And uh, like individually, there's more individual branding per star per team now. And so the NBA is more diversified. So you can't be like the greatest of all time, the same way that Michael Jordan was the greatest in the sense of the word greatest, because Michael Jordan is the greatest because greatness, because of what how what he achieved in being the NBA in terms of transcendence of like being above the sport. LeBron James isn't as above the NBA and so therefore isn't the greatest. So it's like the greatest of all time, like but he still makes a he still makes a case for it. So like in that sense, maybe you should call him the greatest of all time. He's the best, he, but he's like the best athlete. He's just not as clutch as Michael Jordan, too. But Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan wins championships more. But LeBron is, it's what it's the greatest. What was I saying? Greatest of all time, like the Beatles, and I said, who else? Robin Williams, like, like we give this status to Robin Williams that he's like, oh, such a he has such a manic mindset like uh such a crazy mind like 
creative inner workings like his he speaks faster than his like whatever the phrase is his he talks faster his mouth isn't fast enough to keep up with what his brain is saying you know that kind of status that we give to him creative genius like in american culture i think like the greatest status we give to people is they're a creative genius but like we attribute something to them like we attribute some sort of transcendence to robin williams just because he had this wild mind and um i think that kind of thing is silly and that's sort of what i'm getting at by making an episode about celebrities and like the idea of celebrity and that we attribute transcendence to people when we don't need to but like that's just naturally what the relationship is inferred by there being celebrities but like like making it so that making it so that people are celebrities like that just kind of sensationalizes them in an unnecessary way like that you wouldn't just consider Robin Williams to be a person but like but at the time it is like because you hadn't experienced anybody like him before and so he is transcendent like people are naturally transcendent but like i think we often don't recognize that the characteristics that we give to people to say that they're like they have more authority over things or they're transcendent they're like uh the like the characteristics we give to them we lose sight of that that is just a person like anything that you could be is just a person and it's not like like everybody is kind of a weirdo ultimately like you don't get to be who you are and everybody like whatever your workplace is everybody is at their desk and they're ultimately kind of a weirdo behind the consciousness that they have to engage in in order to convey themselves more modestly and in line with the rules of how you're supposed to explain yourself like everybody is explaining themselves and like everybody's explaining themselves but in reality behind it they're kind of everybody's sort of a weirdo that you ultimately are that I'm ultimately this when at work I'm, I'm only going to be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Things were good or whatever. Like I, you can't get past a certain just level of normal normalcy. Like everything has to be sort of normal as far as your public life is concerned, as far as, and it can extend to your, it can extend to your relatives or friends. Maybe sometimes like sometimes you have relatives that you only get to live like a public life with rather than a private life. And so, but like, there's more to you than there's more to you is the truth is what I want to say is like, there's, there is you, you besides just your public living because you um because everybody has to get by by adhering to authorities and and I'm backing off of the I'm backing off of it like I'm backing off of the point like I do I back off the point like but I back off the point do I really have anything to say is something I ask myself like if I'm backing off the point, well, do you really have anything to say? But like, that's the, that's the problem. That's why you engage more in consciousness and other people's realities and normalcy with other people. And, 
and lives so as to appear normal in your public life is because is because you start believing a lie that you don't have things to say in reality like you start believing a lie that you that you ultimately don't have anything to say and that you're more like everybody else is what is like the way to making it so that you don't see yourself as having individual value is you understand yourself to be the same as everybody else. You understand yourself to live your public life. Like, and that is, that's just something that happens as you get older. I would argue it's like you take on, you take on appearing normal because you don't, because you understand that you are more considerate as you get older too. You understand that other people's realities are as important as yours. But when you're a kid, you don't, know that you don't understand that you're you're not considerate of other people in that way you don't understand that other people have these realities and you feel more invincible that you for your ability to just enact whatever you want and you're more in tune with your individual abilities when you're younger and when you get older you just understand yourself to be more and more out of the loop like the more that you accept that there's old age and so let me try to make this a singular topic like I started talking about authority um I started talking about authority and my troubles with just walking into a room or just walking outside and under like where there are other people and they're engaging in some sort of reality like I don't want to infringe on the reality and that makes me a not condescending person but you can but I can carry that out in anywhere not just when I walk out of an apartment like I could carry that out in a grocery store or or clothing store or whatever. And it could make like the more that you see yourself as not a condescending person and like less able to speak, less deserving of being heard and less deserving of being identified yourself of you enacting your identity and uh, actualizing your reality over other people's like the more that you do that, the more that you are, you consider yourself to be a servant. So the servants of the world are naturally below other people like because you just make it so that you're a servant but you can do that if you value being a servant like if you value that you're like oh that's a better way to live as being a servant abnegation like being below people serving people like it's not my reality it's theirs like if you see that you being a servant is what's important you can value that and then you trend toward being a more empathetic, uh, considerate person, somebody who considers and like lives through other people's perceptions, considers their perceptions rather than saying that your reality is what needs to be heard. The more that you do that, you're a, you're a servant and you trend toward being below people, but it's either you're a servant or you're a master, you know, you're a, you're somebody who is more, controlling of other people's realities or within your reality you're condescending to the point that other people are like performers in your reality and i think that ultimately you are the you're the most condescending if you see around other the other people's realities and identities that they purport in front of you if you see around them and and can actually define what they're putting forward about themselves uh, then you then you have the potential to be the most condescending whether or not you 
actually are that because it's one thing to have the potential to be the most undefinable to other people and the less least distinguishable to a pattern and it's another thing to also have the ability to say yeah i like that and so here it is and i am the most condescending like you also have to be able to accept your potential for condescendence condescension like if you like uh, and so in order to be the most condescending now i'm just now i'm just talking through what makes you the mo- what makes you the alpha in a group like what makes you the leader and there's a difference between a leader and an alpha but like what makes you the alpha is not just your potential for being condescending like you have to have the you have to understand other people you have to understand other people's patterns you have to be able to define them but you also have to see yourself as being the most condescending like but it is it's something that you have to be naturally you have to naturally be the most condescending person and uh in order to in order to do that and it's like it's like i understand what that means to be the most condescending person it's just that i'm just so bogged down with tending towards thinking that being a servant is what's positive about life but like like in the present moment I don't believe that to be true I'm just saying that that's a natural inclination that's kind of been built into me I mean because because I grew up very Christian and Christians value being a servant do they not Christians value being a servant and so I would say if you're a Christian but you don't want to serve other people uh, maybe you don't really like being a Christian like because Christians serve other people because they want to be servants because they hold to that they're servants do they not being a servant to other being a servant to the world that's how they that's how they identify themselves in the world christianity christians identify themselves as the servants of the world and see themselves as below people and so and so that's what you get into by identifying yourself as a christian is you understand your you understand that servanthood is the best value that you can attain rather than condescension or, you know, like having an ego, like having an ego or being condescending is like absolute evil as far as a Christian would be concerned, unless you're like appointed by God to, unless you're appointed by God to be the leader or whatever you have to be appointed, but like, but whatever, but that's a different, but so you are like, you should understand yourself to be a servant if you're a Christian. Like I myself, I don't, I don't want to see myself as a servant anymore. And so therefore I wouldn't identify with that attribute of Christianity. And if that makes me not a Christian, then that makes me not a Christian. But like it would be, it would be Christians that would decide that if I was servanty enough to be a Christian. But I, but if Christians are deciding that they should know that I don't want to be a servant at all. I want to be myself and enact my, I want to speak into existence what is true about me and understand myself to deserve to be heard. Um, like I understand my individual value. And so being a servant is not important or valuable to me. And even to the point that it could mean that I'm condescending, I don't have a problem being condescending. And I like the idea of somebody who comes into their own as being the most condescending if you're supposed to be the most condescending but because there's naturally some people that are 
Eh, right. I mean, there's naturally some people that stand as a, like like uh, naturally stand as opposed to sit, or they understand themselves to be above people, or like to just laugh and joke about other people's realities and the identities that they put forth. Like, like some people are just better at laughing at you for you and the stupid thing that you are trying to position yourself as, because ultimately, if you see around identity than you are, then you have the potential to be condescending, whether or not you see yourself as a condescending person enough to enact that. But whatever, like condescension is negative. Condescension is a is a negative or it's like a personality flaw or people will attribute or people will associate it with that you're insecure or egotistical or narcissistic like you are. And and so what do those words mean? Pretty much nothing. Like you're like you're insecure. That just means that you don't have a secure identity. If you're inse- you're insecure enough to uh, imagine yourself to be condescending, imagine yourself to be above people. That's then you are. Yeah. So I would agree. Insecurity is associated with condescension because you have to be insecure enough to imagine yourself to be above other people's identities. But that just comes with the territory of being the most condescending. Like, would you rather have a secure identity or an insecure identity? I don't really know. Being Having a secure identity kind of makes everything boring and practical for you, but you're probably happier that way. Having an insecure identity, that's more fun because you can imagine yourself to be whatever you live in. a You live in your own world more so, and you understand that your subjectivity has value enough that you can imagine within your imagination nation anything that you want in order to be like you can imagine in order to be the most condescending you have to imagine yourself to be the most condescending and you can't do that if you understand yourself to be secure and the same as everybody else and because if you imagine yourself to be secure you imagine yourself to be equal with everybody and like and so there's something to be said about being insecure and it's not that being insecure is a bad thing it's just even though our culture would tell you that insecure that's like one of the greatest vices you can't be insecure because you just have all these emotional problems if you're insecure but in reality it's it's just a trait and it's just a word it's just a thing that people are it's not positive or negative it's either you have a secure identity or you have an insecure identity and the fact of the matter is the people that have secure identities are are the ones putting forth that insecurity is like an evil that makes it so that you can't even be a person like it's they like they'll attribute some amount of transcendence to the trade insecurity to say that you're not acceptable to society if you're insecure because you like don't know how to love or you're narcissistic or you're evil or egotistical you're insecure like you're too like because the secure people don't want to be condescended to so they want to they want to lie to the insecure people and tell them and put forth a facade that they are in fact the people deserving of being condescending the secure people do but the but it's insecure people that ultimately have the authority to be condescending because they can imagine themselves to be whatever and so like being insecure just means that you have more ability to do things like you have a greater agency in order to and you have agency to enact what you want to be you have agency to put forward different identities and say that you are different things if you hold to that you're insecure it's just that there's there's value in being secure because when you're secure you can you have stability in your life like you have stability in your life and you can identify yourself to be a couple things so that so that life is more just stabilized for you and you understand how it's going but like me myself me myself and at least the, the way that i interpret it now uh like i don't i don't understand that i don't i don't like anything or see anything positive about 
defining myself to one thing. And so I therefore continue trying to be not identified and with an insecure identity. But as long as I have that, I have the potential to not just see myself as a servant anymore. I mean, it allows you to it allows you to change what you are and like the, you're like who if you understand that you have the agency to change your identity like uh, and so and so therefore maybe I want to be more condescending or understand myself to deserve to be heard more than I have to this point in my life and so therefore I hold to that I'm an insecure person like it's not it's not like oh like oh, you're insecure about, like, you just have these emotional problems, you're too introverted or too shy to even communicate, like, like, I guess you are that if you're purely insecure, if you're absolutely insecure, then yeah, then you can't, then you can't speak even about anything that you are if you're absolutely insecure, but nobody is absolutely insecure, and nobody is absolutely secure, and I would argue that secure is not better than insecure, uh, by, by virtue of what I just argued, like, insecure is just a trait or it's just like a it's just a characteristic it's not good or bad and we tend to vilify certain traits or characteristics based based on what your culture is or what time period is in your culture and like the time period that we live in now as americans uh as influenced heavily by uh psychiatry and like everybody's relationship to therapy which is a great a stronger relationship in this country than it's ever been before um is this tendency because of that relationship to therapy we because of this relationship to therapy we um we we kind of get into sensationalizing our own selves or like depending on what kind of therapy it is because you'll get some therapists that will try to define you to one thing like oh you have problems in these areas like you have you have PTSD or you're schizophrenic or you're bipolar, like they might try to really gear you towards being one of those so that you can, so that you can be identified and have a secure identity because you go to therapy when you don't have a secure identity in order to get, and sometimes it is just to get a secure identity. Like, oh, I can, oh, like I'm schizophrenic. Like that's, that's a secure identity that you can have once you identify yourself to be that. And it's like people go to therapy for that. We have a strong relationship with therapy and we at this point rely on it for like we rely on therapists and doctors who specialize in that in order to give us an identity so that we can have a place in society rather than carry on insecurely and as if we don't have an identity. But what I'm saying to you is that uh, it's fine to not have an identity. Like, you don't need to worry about what place you didn't find because there's lots of people that didn't find a place. And just your attempt to say that you're one thing, like, once you say that you're one thing, first of all, that's just a compromise on who you are and you don't want to. And, like, ultimately, you you have defined yourself to one thing if you just take on that identity solely. And it's not a nothing wrong with identifying yourself as any of those things and those are real things and those are real characterizations of people's lives like and people do need to take pills for them and seek help for them those problems um but like uh we we need to be identified is is part of what's driving our relationship with therapy and and therapy is a big influence on the culture to tell us that that we're insecure uh, because 
because of I sort of forget the original point that I was making. Like, like they influence a lot of us saying that it's bad to not have an identity. And that's just like what's true for us now. Uh, as it turns out, like there's different eras in which different ideas are more important to us. And like in this era, the idea of like wellness, but it's always wellness, but wellness is really particularly important to Americans because we're not well and we're not well because we are so materially inclined. Like we're not well because we're materially inclined and, and I don't know why that would lead to us having to define ourselves to one thing more often, but you go to therapy when you don't, when you need something fixed, but like you, you can go just for anxiety, but like you go because you have a real problem because you have something about yourself that's unexplainable. That's causing you lots of trauma and awfulness in your life. Like you go to therapy, like therapy is a useful tool. Um, but the reason that you feel anxious to the point that it's making everything in your life terrible, if you go to therapy for anxiety, uh, is because you see yourself poorly in relation to other people like you see that other you understand yourself to be behind in relation to other people you understand that you're not a person the same way that they are you for some reason believe that other people know other people have the same problems as you and and that you are lacking in all these areas like anxiety is kind of a direct result of you viewing yourself negatively in relation to other people, but you you view yourself negatively in relation to other people more so in America than in other countries or in any other culture like in the history of time because because everything is about everything is about your appearance, you know, everything is about the way that you look and the way that you are in relation to other people and we don't carry on as if it's true that everybody is at fault and everybody has guilt and everybody has problems. Like everybody has guilt is something that we don't often realize like that. I like I have guilt that I carry around with me and it's okay to feel guilty about things. You just try it. Got to try to focus on feeling not guilty about things. So in order to remove the guilt, but you can't entirely remove things that you feel guilty about. Like people have secrets and people have, people have problems like people have uh i mean and not just secrets but things that they would take back like we kind of carry on as if nobody around us has things that they would take back about their life that nobody has regrets but we like um, like this is uh this is really all over the place this one this episode um like there's a lot I want to say about mental health, but like I have, I've lived mental health issues. Like I've gone to counseling for anxiety because I've had really bad anxiety before. That's why I talk about anxiety. Uh, and it's just, and it's like anxiety, just like normal day to day stuff. But that's just, I would say that a lot of it, like what it would have caused my anxiety to the point that it was like making my life terrible um is that i didn't understand like i don't didn't understand that other people kind of 
have the same problems as me and that I'm a person the same way everybody else is a person is kind of what you would need to realize. But you can't just realize that overnight, that you're a person the same way everybody else is. You can't just say, oh, that's true, and then, like, move to try to move toward that because, like, it's built – if you have anxiety to the point that it's ruining your life uh, – about you not seeing yourself as a person it's because that's built into you already and that is how you see yourself it's because you already it's because you already understand yourself to be below people or to be not measuring up in all these areas if you if you are to the point that you go to like counseling for anxiety um but uh you like eventually you can see yourself to be a person but you have to but like i would say you you just have to understand that you're the same as everybody else and that your reality, at least, at least you have to understand that you don't have to be a servant. You don't have to be below people. You don't have to walk into every room uh, indicating to everybody that you are the least deserving of being heard. Uh, like, But you have to understand that it's okay to be condescending in order to see yourself as a person. Like if you only understand condescension to be absolute evil, then you, then you, don't, you don't recognize what a person is because everybody is condescending. Everybody has things to say. Everybody wants to be what they are and, and be the best. Or like everybody wants to be able to laugh in the face of everybody else's realities to some extent. Like nobody is perfectly empathetic or whatever and uh if you carry on acting like you have to be a servant absolutely like um then you're going to get really anxious about the way that you exist in relation to other people is the point of that and uh so what am i saying i don't know what i'm saying exactly I, but i wish i would stop saying it like you So it's like, what makes me, what would make me condescending? Like, I already know. I already know. And it's just a, it's just a limited imagination that prevents me from being that, from sharing my opinions to their fullest extent, or knowing that when I speak, I do deserve to be heard, living as if I deserve to be heard, not just in my speech, but in all the things I do, like the clothes I wear, the way I identify myself, that the way that like understanding that the way I want to identify myself is acceptable because I'm just a person the same way everybody else is. And everybody has a reality that they want to have compete with other people's realities. So as to at least send forth the message, like you have to understand that you're an equal competitor with other people and your and your ability to convey your identity, uh, like because everybody has their own reality like uh but like i know i could sit here and be like so what does it mean am i actually am i condescending just by putting this podcast episode out like that i said my opinions and maybe i say my opinions relatively more than other people and therefore it's closer to my reality being the one that's more influential than other people's realities like uh that's not what makes you condescending. What makes you condescending is just understanding that you are and not having a limited enough imagination to say that you can't be that. Like you have to, you have to have a more unlimited imagination and understand yourself to be undefinable to other people and, and insecure enough to imagine yourself to be above other people in order to 
make yourself the most condescending and the most sharing of your opinions because in reality, whatever amount that you've been condescending in the past and the most that you've influenced other people with the things you have to say, you've really only scratched the surface on what you're really able to say. Do you know that you can imagine yourself to be higher as part of being insecure and being condescending? Like you can imagine yourself to be higher if you want you can if you just know that you don't have to live with a limited imagination and i would love to say that to the green bay packers who have one of the most limited limited imaginations in of any professional team in american sports like they don't understand that all you have to do is sign mike evans and you're going to win a super bowl they they think that aaron rodgers is enough and that they can live with their six-round draft pick receivers and tight ends forever and that just get Aaron Rodgers to make them work and then that's fine because that's what they already know themselves to be. They don't understand themselves to be a team with flashy wide receivers. Uh, like, what receiver do we have that made it to the Hall of Fame? Any of them? The Packers? Any of them? Because we only we have a cap on what we say is an acceptable receiver. You're not going to get Mike Evans or... OBJ, even though OBJ now, I don't think he'd really, who knows, who knows if he, what he, what he's going to do. Uh, or Amari Cooper, you know, Amari Cooper, that's the free agent everybody wants. I don't know that the Packers even looked his way. They're like, well, it's too much money because they have a cap on what the, because they have a limited imagination on what it means to have good receivers or a good team. They think like, well, Aaron Rodgers is really good. He'll make these shitty receivers good. And we'll just do that until he retires with only one Super Bowl. So they're so like limited. You have a limited imagination about things. Um, limited, 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 limited. Like just imagine yourself to be more interesting, and then you are. But it's not that simple. It's not that simple to be to just. It's not simple to change your identity, to just change what you are. Um, but it is more simple if you understand yourself to have the agency to say that identities aren't really real. And, and I'll end the podcast with this. And here it comes because you need, because I end the podcast with a example from something I saw because I'm a person and then you relay the experience you had and then other people do you, and then, uh, so you deserve to be heard. So I was watching this movie called Honey Boy and it's about, Shia LaBeouf, like it's written by Shia LaBeouf, but about Shia LaBeouf's life. And Shia LaBeouf plays um, his own dad in this movie. And uh, I think, and you just got to watch it. Like I don't, I'm not going to try to explain the point. It's a great movie. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. Um, uh, because Shia LaBeouf is kind of a person who has things to say. If you ask me, like he's kind of, he has things to say, like he's ahead of other people in terms of his ability to say things that are truthful about the way that we relate ourselves to each other. Like, and he just made the point throughout the movie that like, you know, when you're speaking, like everybody is, everybody is acting all the time. Like everybody's acting all the time. You're both, uh, you're like performing and saying it seriously technically speaking like everybody's acting all the time and 
and like I would say like that's the same as like everybody has their identity that they use to position themselves and like but that's a necessary part of your part of life is identifying yourself it's just that we don't ever recognize the perspective that says that like well actually there's there's this cap on what you're able to perform because you're ultimately acting or whatever but like he's it's about Shia LaBeouf's life and how he's in how he's in rehab and like just most it's just about his relationship with his father but it cuts to like when he's in rehab or whatever and they're telling him to go through all these uh therapeutic practices that he doesn't agree with because the therapeutic practices are ultimately just trying to get him to agree to a reality where he's performing for the therapist like performing like giving it an, enough of an emotional response for them in order for them to deem him to be either cured or or be able to be defined to one thing like it's kind of a criticism on that side of culture this movie and uh one of the therapists tells him to go out into the woods and just scream really loud scream as loud as you can like he thinks it would be good for him so Shia LaBeouf does that and then he goes back to that guy and he's like oh yeah that thanks for telling me about that that really helped and then the guy was like because he's used to Shia LaBeouf being sarcastic and uh ridiculing him um he's like oh well are you serious or are you just joking and he's like well both because because I because it's both of them and the guy's like but like which one he wanted like further details or whatever uh but the point is that he's saying like you're not like you can't expect people to perform for you like uh and it's like just whatever you just have to see the movie like coming from him being a performer his entire life like it's just uh pretty interesting um and so that's that that's that i had a I would probably like title it that it's con that condescension probably more so than anything condescension I love I love the topic of condescension I really do I really I really like it like and just condescending I'll have to do I'll probably do the next one on condescending but it'll be purely more about condescending so this is just the intro um I had a yeah whatever I had a podcast already that I tried to do that I tried to record that I did record about being condescending where I was just condescending during the entire time. But like it was, uh, it's not up to my standards. So, or, or whatever, but maybe I'll just do record that for the next one as far as things to come. So it, yeah, thanks for this listening that you did of me. That was really, uh, admirable of you really heroic thank you and uh i'll talk to no one today and then and then uh and i really uh don't know how to end i don't know how you end these uh whips but whatever i'm watching the i'm watching my tv screen which keeps cycling through like the Netflix backgrounds of shows that Netflix wants me to watch, you know, like the Netflix screensaver and it just keeps showing me the oranges, the new black, uh, screensaver where they're all on the bus. 
like I've seen it a billion times and like never register it, but I've just been staring into that picture like the whole time basically while making this podcast. So my motivation for this podcast was the screensaver for Orange is the New Black. Um, and I hope that means something to you today.